Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, well, welcome to church this morning. Merry Christmas, everybody. By show of hands, how many of you have your Christmas decorations up? Okay. You know how uh, my friend Brittany here, she put her Christmas decorations up like in the beginning of October. And I think that's just wrong. I have a rule, because I'm American, and we celebrate American Thanksgiving on the the fourth Thursday of November. What's so funny? You think that Thanksgiving and I fire off guns? Yeah, don't, I'm the one with the mic. <laughs> Who asked you? You're not allowed to decorate until after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Mallory is, is giving me the, the thumbs down. So is Jet. What the heck? <laughs> All right, so how many of you not decorated for Christmas yet? Let me see your hand. Okay. So we're going to pray for you. There are some people who decorate on Christmas Eve. And I don't understand, because then you get up like two days later, and what do you do? You'd have to tear it down. It's torture. One of the worst days of my year was when my wife says to me, hey, Ryan, go get the Christmas bins. I hate it, because I get all sweaty and having to get them down and stuff. But come on, Merry Christmas. We're so glad you're here. Come on. Well, um, just before we get into our new series today, uh, I'm so excited. We are doing a series for the next uh, several weeks called Not Just Stories. And uh, we're just going to be looking at some uh, passages of Scripture uh, that are not just stories. They actually happen. And uh, we want you to encourage you to, we want to encourage you to invite folks to come on a Sunday during December or to our Christmas Eve services. We're going to have a lot of fun. A great, we have three services, two, three, thirty, and five. Some great music. I'll bring a very short message. Uh, we have, we'll have some great food and, and uh, some drinks and things like that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So it'll be a great time. It'll be uh, 45 minutes or so to an hour and it'll be a really good time and so these are little handout cards you can grab on your way out and I encourage you hand them out to your bank teller who goes to the bank anymore does anybody go inside the bank my wife does so honey you can have these and give these to your bank teller I know you do sweetheart I go in there like are you Ryan I hear so much about you like who goes to the bank honey I know it's free counseling yeah yeah I know uh, but we're supposed to get our money back. We're not supposed to take it from us. But So hand these out. And then also what we're doing this Christmas is we have these little cards here. And uh, we just want to encourage you to write down a name of somebody that you're believing that will find Jesus in this month. Come on, we, we are a church who believes that we exist to reach people who are far from God. And uh, this might be just at your dinner table on Christmas Eve, or maybe it's uh, just going for a walk, your neighbor, or, but we want to believe uh, maybe at our Christmas Eve service or uh, on a Sunday, I want you to write their name down. Grab one of these cards on your way out, write their name down, put it in a book or your Bible. And every Wednesday night, we're praying for these names, and we're going to believe that someone on that list, if not all of them, someone on that list is going to come to Jesus, amen? 
Amen. They're going to meet the abundant life of Christ. Come on, aren't you so thankful that Jesus changed your life? Aren't you thankful that this isn't just a religion, but this is a personal relationship with the living God who loves you and gives you abundant life and forgives you of your sins and he blesses you and he's there for you and cares for you. Not only that, he allows you to spend an eternity with Christ after you die. Why? Because life is short, eternity is real and people matter most, right? So I want to encourage you, fill this out and if you're here on a Wednesday, we'll pray uh, for for your card. If you're not, we'll pray for it as well. But just want to believe that in this season, we are going to see people come to Jesus either in our Sunday gatherings or in your home or wherever that might be. And so also before we get into it this morning here, uh, we are, I'm so excited about this season. We do something every year called Heart for the House. Uh, it's really the only time of year we, we uh, talk about uh, really finances. Um, but Heart for the House is something that's a spirit-led, uh, uh, generous offering above and beyond the tithe. And if you're a part of Love City Church, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit if he'd like you to and if how much you'd like you to give to this offering. We do it every year, and really this offering is about investing into the vision for our house in 2023. And I shared a little bit about this last week, but man, we're so blessed. I sent an email, to, an email out to many of you. Many of you may not have gotten it, or it's in your junk mail, so go find it. Uh, but if you didn't get it, I'd love to email you. I'd love to send it to you, because man, we're so thankful that this year we gave away a, a fi fi over $50,000 away. One of, one, and I'm so thankful for that, because normally we give away 10% of every tithe that's given in. This year we gave 16% away. Come on, that's awesome. And I'm just so thankful for you guys, for your generosity and for, and for your obedience to the Lord. But this year, uh, for our Heart for the House, we're gonna be investing into our next generation in 2023. We're having our first VBS, uh, summer VBS for kids. We're doing our youth camp again. It's gonna go to the next level. Well, we're looking to bring on a, uh, a kids coordinator to support, my, to support my wife as she oversees that area. So we're looking for that. We're also gonna invest into our online experience as well as our in-house by we need to, to do a little bit of an upgrade to our board and we're looking to invest into our permanent facility thank god we have sixty-five thousand dollars in a building fund but we're going to keep investing into that and we also need to do some things over here we're going to add a little wall where that nursing mother's room in and so it's no longer pipe and drape praise god and uh, have a little room in there and add another uh, a wall over there for our preschool room so it's a little more permanent over there and then we're going to invest into church planning and raising up leaders amen so you can get any time any uh, day during the month of December you can go uh, to lovecitychurch.ca forward slash give and just designate a heart for the house. But if you're a part of the church and part of the Love City Church, we encourage you to ask the Lord. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord uh, what it is he wants you to give and we'll do this together. Awesome. Well, let's get into it today. Not just stories. You know, this is a season where we hear a lot of stories. We hear a lot of uh, crazy stories and good stories and some of them are, are true and some of them are not. But the things we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks is these stories that are absolutely true. And they were written over 2,000 years ago and they're beautiful. And the details found in these scriptures will remind you of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. But we have a lot of stories here and, and I don't want to give away any of the, the, the you know, the, 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 uh, Romance around Christmas, if some of you are here today and maybe you are celebrating uh, the big guy with the red suit and, you know, you're going down the journey of, you know, letting your kids believe that, that's between you, whatever, I don't care if you do that or not. But, you know, we did it for a while. Then I got tired of Santa getting credit for all the work I did. And so I just told my kids, Santa worked for me and, and Santa worked for Jesus and he worked for me and Santa was my, my wife and she does everything. So, yeah, I just show up and be like, hey, they're like, thanks, dad. I'm like, no problem, my wife did it all <laughs> yeah yeah 
Would you like me to help more this year? Gee. Is there any marriage counselors in the room? We have all sorts of stories. You know, we, we would do this all year. And even still now today, when my daughter's 14 years old, she puts out a little glass of milk and cookies and I drink it and enjoy it. And it's fantastic. And we sneak around. And so I hope I didn't ruin it for any parents. Or like, I wish my kid never came to church today. <laughs> that magic, but it's okay, whatever. But, you know, we have all sorts of stories. I mean, this one, if you're a kid in the room, you might want to look away because it's very scary. Uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas. I prefer the new digital version, the new, oh, I keep forgetting, cartoon version. Uh, this one, this guy looks really creepy. I just got to say, I don't know about when you go to Whoville in this movie, I, my stomach turns. I'm like, these people are just not, does anyone agree with me? You like this version? All right. Well, that's good. I like it too, I guess. Uh, but you know, we're playing for Jim Carrey. I think he's having a mental breakdown right now on TV. And so we're praying for him right now. Lord bless Jim Carrey. We pray you come to Jesus in Jesus name. But um, come on, there's Grinch stole Christmas. This little boy looked different, got made fun of when he was little. And so he thought, you know what? I'm going to take away everything that brings everyone else happiness. If I can't have Christmas, neither can they. And so he steals Christmas. And I'm still shocked he can fit all of those gifts in that little red bag. Pretty incredible, actually. Other stories we see is, you know, the, the, the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. This was written in the early 1900s uh, by a gentleman who was trying to get children to purchase toys from Montgomery Ward. And so they used this little guy, gave away booklets, and they got a coupon, and then the kids came back and spent their allowance at this department store. You know how this story goes. The poor little guy had a big red nose, and everyone made fun of him. And so then one night it was foggy, and he could see. And it was great. And uh, so now you know the moral of the story is if you have a weird idiosyncrasy about your physical appearance, one day it'll come in handy. <laughs> so praying for when my big nose will make sense. <laughs> one day I'll have purpose for it. <laughs> How about this one? Another Jim Carrey, the, uh, the, this written by Charles Dickens. And the, the story of this gentleman in the Christmas carol who was visited by ghosts and was reminded of his past, present, and future. And we just believe it's the Holy Ghost, amen, the Holy Spirit, and reminded him about his past, his present, and his future. And, and we also have this one, which I have to admit, I hate to admit, I've actually never, didn't even know the story of the Nutcracker. How many of you have ever been to a Nutcracker ballet? Wow. Did you enjoy it? Oh, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I hate the ballet. I am sorry. I just don't understand. But this little guy here, I had to read the story because I actually didn't even know what it was about. The Nutcracker, a wooden toy, comes to life to defeat the Mouse King in battle and takes the owner to a magical kingdom populated by toys and dolls. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> like, seriously? Um, that's their version of heaven, a bunch of toys and dolls. That sounds absolutely terrible. But those are just stories. Those were written by people uh, probably just about over the last hundred years. The stories that we're talking about were stories that were written uh, thousands of years ago. And they weren't just stories. They were historical accounts of things that actually happened on the earth. These things actually happened. And what we're going to talk about today is four stories in the next four weeks to try to, to, to help you understand 
that, that God is trying to get your attention and my attention and how easy it is in this season to just see Christmas as a story, to just see it as a little manger scene, to just see it as a little thing, a little story we tell, when in reality, God is absolutely and incredibly involved in this season, and I don't want you to miss the reminder. And my prayer would be that in the Christmas season, you would first and foremost find Christ, or not, or, or yes, find Christ, or, or not, or you'll find a fresh fire in your heart for what Jesus did for you. So let's read our key text today in this story in Matthew chapter two. Uh, let's read it together. It says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will, so, who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it, when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. And so we see in this story, there were men represented in this scripture. Men they called magi from the east. These uh, individuals, these magi were individuals who came from the east, most likely Persia. And if you study these men, you will find that these men were in the line of individuals who Daniel oversaw. When you read the book of Daniel, that he was the captain over different, uh, these different uh, individuals who were astrologers and diviners and individuals who would interpret dreams. And Daniel was the chief captain set by Nebuchadnezzar over these individuals. And these magi came from the line of the descent of these uh, men. They were priests and they weren't Jewish priests and they didn't know Judaism and they didn't know the Jewish God. They, they knew the, the Persian God and they knew the things of this pagan religion. And in the book of Daniel, these were the men who were asked by Nebuchadnezzar to interpret their dreams, to come and do divinations and astrology and sorcery and the dark arts. And they were not respected kings, but they were priests of Persia, specialists in the supernatural, specialists in astrology, specialists in magic and divination. These guys were not believers in God. And they were given a great political power. They were acted as advisors to the king. And what these individuals did is their main role, the, the, the main responsibility of the Magi was to give counsel and advice to the king about searching for the next king. They were labeled and called, they were called king, I'm sorry, king makers, I'm gonna see king masters, king makers. They were individuals who would go and try to find the next king. 
They would read the stars above and they would read all the celestial bodies and they would try to put together the, astro- the things of astrology and put together the things of divinity and they would try to put it all together in hopes that they would be able to find and locate the next individual who would be the king for that land. And in fact, they would interview children and find small children in their homes and interview them and see if they had what it took to be the next king of that environment. And so these magi had great political power and they would look at the stars to be able to forecast future events that would happen throughout the galaxy. And they they would involve the future throne and the future activities of that nation. And they began to study ancient uh, ancient Jewish texts, which they had. And they they would read these ancient Jewish texts that were written 1,500 years prior and they stumbled across this one written by Moses in Numbers chapter 24. It says, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future, a star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. 1,500 years prior, this was written by Moses. And Moses wrote this. And now these wise men, these magi, these diviners, these astrologists, these these, uh, uh, workers of dark magic were studying back to try to understand what was coming. Because in the heavenly realms, in the celestial bodies, in the stars in the sky, things were beginning to happen. And they were beginning to wonder what is going on in the heavenlies. So they begin to search and they begin to look and they found this scripture written by Moses in the Jewish history that a star will rise from Jacob. A star will rise from the east. We see that these these astrologers, these magi would look up into the skies and what they would do is they would use the stars. You can use the stars to predict the exact time and location by which a star or a planet will be in a certain place. You can actually tell the future because the stars have been so consistent and stable throughout history. They can look up and know, okay, at this time and in this place, this star and this planet will align in this environment. They are able to foretell the future and they can predict the future reality of what will happen in the heavenly realms. And as they were looking up into the stars, these individuals, these people who were not followers of God began to see an anomaly in the skies above. And what did they do is they packed their bags and they put riches on their donkeys and they said to their, their families, listen, we're going on a long trip. The moment they saw this anomaly in the sky, they left everything behind them and went after this king. We see that the Magi identify what this star is. They say, we see his star. We see his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. We all know that signs point towards things. Signs give us a direction. Signs give us something to look after. Signs give us direction on where to go. And what God was doing in the scriptures, God was giving them a sign, trying to get their attention. One of the ways, one of the signs we have in, in our world today are called speed limit signs. And my wife doesn't follow them. She gets pulled over and she says, um, sorry, sir. <laughs> I didn't know the speed limit. You know, I didn't know that it was like 60 kilometers an hour, sir. And he's like, okay, go ahead and go. I show up and they put cuffs on me. Here's a breathalyzer that went in my mouth. <laughs> that happened last time I got pulled over. He pulled me over and the guy just shoved a breathalyzer in my mouth. He says, you're going so fast, I thought you were drunk. I was like, well, I don't drink, sir. It was just me, how I drive. <laughs> and I saw the sign and I chose to ignore it. 
<laughs> how many of us see the speed? Come on, how many of you have sped before and ignore ignored the speed limit sign? Come on, Pastor James. Holy Spirit, help him. You were Jim with Pastor James. It's an experience. Pray for him. Rodrigo's the worst. The other day, I was coming to church, and I was driving down the road, and all of a sudden, this car just blows by me, and he just just goes forward. I'm like, wait a minute, and so I speed up, and I pull in front of this car and realize it's Rodrigo, and I got out of the car and said, hey, Rodrigo, you tried your best to beat me, but you couldn't, could you? In Brazil, they don't have any rules. Just drowned like a maniac. You ignored that sign. God was trying to get your attention. And that's what happened in this day is that that's what was happening. There was a star in the sky. It was a star telling these individuals about something that was important. In fact, it wasn't just about something. It was about someone, a star that these men saw that was pointing to the Messiah. God provided a star in the sky to get people's attention who did not know God. It was a sign, and you might doubt that God would do this. Say, yeah, right, Ryan, why would God ever do that? Well, listen, God and stars have a close relationship. Psalms 147.4, he counts the stars and calls them all by name. Think about that for a minute. There's, there's 176 billion stars and counting, and he knows them by name. Look what Job says, and God talking to Job, can you hold back the stars? Can you restrain Orion or, or Pleiades? Can you ensure the proper sequence of the seasons or guide the constellations of the bear, which is the Ursa Major or the Big Dipper? Says, Can you do that? Look what he says in Amos 5.8. Seek him who created the seven stars and the constellation Orion, who turns darkness into morning and day into night, who calls forth the water from the oceans and pours it out as, as it rains upon the land. The Lord Jehovah is his name. God can absolutely cause something to happen in the heavenlies to get these people's attention. If God will go through so much trouble to get these three guys' attention, how much trouble is he going through constantly to get our attention? See, this star, they looked up, and the astronomers have studied this encounter that happened in Matthew in, in, in the book of Luke. They've studied this ph phenomenon, and the, the astronomers found something really incredible. The, 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 the Jupiter is the most visible and the largest, uh, the visible planet to the naked eye. And during this time, many astronomers believe that, the, that the, the planet Jupiter was in something called retrograde. And what retrograde is, is when a star or a planet, when it appears to stop and reverse, it goes back and forth. It reverses directions again and again, and then goes back to its original direction. This means that this star would have appeared to be traveling from the east. And what happened was, is that the planet Jupiter actually circled around another planet called Regulus. So we have Jupiter in this time, uh, in, in historical facts, you can go back. This happened between 23 and 25 BC 2. And so we see before Christ on this day, this, this, this rene, the, the retrograde happened where Jupiter circled around this, this, this star. Well, the crazy part about this is that the, the Jupiter is called the king planet. And the regular star that, that, that it circled around is called the little, little king. 
So we have the, the, the king planet circling around the little king. And it's right in the, the, very, the very place where they have the Regulus, which is called the lion, the Leo lion constellation. And it was right in front of the Virgo constellation, which is the virgin constellation. So we have this big king planet circling around the little king Regulus in the lion constellation, in front of the virgin constellation. I think God had something to do with this. And what he did was, is he was trying to point out at this moment that there is something happening in the heavenly realm that at this time, anyone looking up at Jerusalem would see this planet that looked as though it was going back and forth. It was literally, it took a circle around this star and you look up and see what is going on. You could stand in Jerusalem or Bethlehem and look up and see the star and the sign in the heaven that God is trying to get our attention. This story revealed something significant. The story revealed something important. He, God didn't want them to miss out. He didn't want them to miss out on what was about to happen. He didn't want them to miss out. Then they saw it and they dropped everything. They packed all their belongings on the back of a camel and they began to journey over 400 miles wearing sandals. How many of you wore sandals today and walked to church? These guys traveled for 400 miles. It took them weeks out of one sign in heaven. And it says in scripture that when they arrived to Herod, they said, Herod, we're here to bow down and worship before this King Messiah. They gave up everything when they saw this sign in heaven. See, what God is trying to do today in this world is often we can look at these stories about Jesus and about the manger and about what God did, and we see them just as stories. We have to remember that God is trying to get our attention. He's trying to get your heart. He's trying to remind you that he's present. He's trying to remind you that he cares about your life. He's trying to remind you that he's involved and that he's by you and that he's with you. And that no matter what you're facing and no matter what you're up against, that God is by your side. He's saying, listen, I'm trying to give you a sign. It might be something going on in your family. It might be a hardship or a difficulty. And God enters that moment and says, listen, I know it's hard, but I'm here. It might be a promotion. It might be a visionary idea. It might be a blessing financially in your life. It literally might be a star in the heaven or something naturally on the earth. But God is absolutely trying to get your attention. And no matter who you are or where you are on this journey of life, God is trying to get your heart. And these wise men traveled. But I want you to know something. There were other wise men there. There was other wise men there because when these three magi who were not believers, were, were pagan, didn't know God at all, saw this sign and said, oh my gosh, there's a Messiah King coming. We see it predicted 1,500 years prior right here in scripture. And so what they did was they traveled 400 miles and they walked into, uh, into, uh, into the king's throne and there was Herod and they said, we're here to worship the king. And look what happened in the scripture. When, Herod, when King Herod heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he got them all together and said, hey, listen, he's talking to the Jewish priests who studied the Mosaic law. They knew about the coming Messiah. They knew that there will be a star in the heavenlies. This was not a surprise to these people. They knew all about it. They, they read about it. They accepted it. They were prepared for it. The Messiah was about to come. And even Herod said, what are they talking about? 
He says, oh, this is the prophetic word that came, that a star is going to rise, a Messiah is going to come. These guys heard exactly and saw exactly what these wise men saw, but these guys did nothing about it. They closed their heart. They ignored the signs. They ignored what God was trying to do. They ignored the opportunity to go bow down and worship before Jesus. And this is the danger of what can happen around this time of year is that during this year, it's very easy, me included, just to do the thing and to get through the season and, to, and just to buy the gifts for our kids and have a good time, which is great. I love Christmas. I love the magic. I turn on the music and I sing White Christmas and I love it with all my heart and I, I think it's fantastic. But how easy is it for us to focus more on stories that aren't real than the reality of a God who came to earth to die for you and me? What is the sign in your life? What is the, the, the thing that God is trying to do in your life to get your attention? Maybe it's a relationship with your girlfriend and it's falling apart and you say, man, I don't know what else to do. And your inclination is to turn and ask God for help. Maybe your, your loved one is not a follower of him and you don't know what to do. And you say, God, I need you. He says, listen, I'm trying everything in your life just to try to get your attention, just to try to get your heart, just to try to do everything I can. So you'll respond like these wise men responded. They gave up everything and they followed after. The scripture teaches us very clearly that these individuals made a conscious decision to, lay, to, 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 to stop everything and to go after Jesus. And when the decor's down, I hate this day when my wife says, let's take down the Christmas decorations. I hate it. And I don't hate it because the Christmas decorations are gone. I just hate those bins. I just hate them. <sighs> I hate those bins. Can we try something else? <sighs> the worst. I sweat for no reason. I hate it. When she says, hey, let's get the bins, you know, and Pastor James did beautiful decorations here. And in the lobby, when those things go away, we put those things away. Put the trees away, put the tinsel away, which used to be illegal in most places because it was made with poison. Did you know that? It's okay now. They're safe. <laughs> we put all those things away. Guess what happens? Christmas is over. But guess what remains? Jesus. The message of Jesus, the reality of Jesus. You say, when Christmas is over, does the star stop shining? Oh, no, no, no. He continues to search after you. He continues to work to get your attention. He continues to fight for your heart. And why did these men, why did these men travel so far? Why? Because they put their faith in Christ. They put their faith in this Messiah. And it caused them to travel all this way. And look what they did. It says that when they traveled all this way, 400 miles, they walked into the very environment where Jesus had been born. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Can I encourage you with something? The Christmas season, it's challenging for some. Some are missing loved ones. Some have had lost loved ones. Some have had bad experiences. For others, it's great. This should be a season as followers of Jesus of joy. They were so filled with joy because they saw this star. Think about it. They were filled with joy because they thought, oh my gosh, this Jewish God, this Yahweh God cares so much about me that he moved a planet for my benefit. He cares so much about my life that he altered the stars in heaven. This brings me great joy to know that God did this for me. And it says in the scripture that they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. Look what they did. They bowed down and they worshiped him. That word bow there in the Greek means they literally lay prostrate with their face to the ground, lay flat on the ground. These wealthy, these men of political power, 
these men who were well-known as wise men, distinguished men, laid flat on their face at the feet of a baby boy and began to worship him because they had put their faith in Jesus because he was trying to get their attention. Let's get real for a minute. Again, when Christmas is over, I want you to know Jesus will remain. He may not cause a star in the heaven to get your attention, but what is God doing right now in your life to get your attention? What is it? Is it your loneliness? Is it your brokenness? Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you're having financial difficulties. You say, right, how can that be God? Because he's right in it waiting for you to ask him for help. He's right in it saying, I am literally right in front of you, available to be actively a part of your life. Maybe it's some disruption in your life, or maybe it's a, an addition of a friend or, or a family member. Or maybe it's a disappointment in life, or maybe you've gained a new promotion. What is your star from the East in your life? This Christmas season, I want you to step back and take a moment and look around your life and try to recognize, God, where have you shown me your goodness and faithfulness? Thank you, God, that you provided for all my needs and my bills and the home I live in and the relationships. That I, thank you, God, for the church that I'm a part of. Thank you, God, that I get to be under a roof where, where I can provide for one another. Thank you, God, that even if it's one gift that I get to give, thank you, God, for that. Where is God trying to get your attention once again so that in this season your heart will be inflamed once again for a relationship with the Lord? I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I want to read this last verse here. A scripture you all know, found in John chapter 13, or John chapter 3. It says this, for God so loved the world, so much. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone, say anyone. 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 These guys were astrologers and dark arts magicians, and God went through hell and high water to get their attention. What is he willing to do for you? So that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. God did not come into the world to bring condemnation to you. God did not come into the world to judge you. He came in the world to love you and die for you and be a part of your life and give you abundance and help you and be involved in your life right now. That's what Jesus did. Two. And so we're going to pray a prayer Two. this morning. Three. We're going to pray for Four. each of you here today, but maybe you're in the room today. Maybe you're watching online. You say, Ryan, I just, I'm far from God. Maybe you're here and you, you say, I don't know Jesus and I want a relationship with him. Or maybe you're here and you just feel like, man, I'm disconnected from him. I just want him to sh show up my life. I want him to, come on, show me a sign, God. Like, like, remind me of how good you are. Remind me how faithful you are. You're here today and you just need to make a recommitment to the Lord today. Come on, would you just place your hand in the air? Come on, real quick, put it up and put it right back down and say, man, I just want to make a fresh commitment today to give my heart, my mind to the Lord. Amen. Come on, let's just take a moment and pray and I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just pray for these few hands today. God, we pray today, Father, we just say, Lord, once again, thank you for causing there to be signs in our lives that you are chasing after us. Thank you, God, for showing up, showing us your faithfulness, showing us how good you are, showing us your greatness. Lord, I pray for these people who raised their hand. Lord, those online, 
those in the room today, God, we just, Lord, we say once again, we want to chase after you. We don't want to ignore the signs. We don't want to ignore the evidence of your goodness today, God. But Lord, we want to chase after you by faith. And so, Lord, we make a decision once again to leave it all behind and say, God, we want to follow after you. We want a relationship with you. We want to make you our God. We want to make you our Savior. We want to make you the centerpiece of our life, oh God. We just declare this right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray for every person in this room right now. Lord, would you make them aware of the signs in the heavenly realms? Make them aware of the signs in the earthly realm of where you're trying to get their attention. And those, Lord, who are distracted in this season, those who are over-focused on things they shouldn't be focused on, God, we put our attention back on you. We put our focus back on you. And we love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody said, amen. Come on, if you want prayer today, we'd love to pray with you. Please come forward and receive prayer. We'd love to just encourage you and carry your burden today. Don't forget to grab one of these on the way out. Invite someone to join us on a Sunday or during our Christmas Eve service. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.